For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Well, welcome back. We have another episode of Dirt Talk for you today. Now, today is a little different because I don't have a guest with me, but I have someone else with me. I discussed it on a earlier episode of Dirt Talk, the, the changes we've been making to the podcast. The big change was leveling up the podcast, the production value, thinking it through and making it an actual production, not just a spare bedroom production like it's been for the past year. And so we brought on Mr. Alex Horton, who's been a developer for BuildWit for about a year now, Mm -hmm. to be our podcast producer. And we thought we need to be doing more podcasts. So with Alex on board, we are going to be doing a weekly smaller episode To go along with our traditional episodes where I interview somebody or forget to interview somebody, so I just answer questions, but mostly interview people. And this is a smaller episode dedicated to, what are we dedicating it to? Um, Questions asked, questions answered. Questions answered, questions asked. Um, Build wit happenings. Build wit happenings, build wit hangs. Travel. Travel could be cool. Adventure. Yeah, love it. This is just an opportunity for us to talk more about BuildWit because, as everyone knows, my ego is enormous. I like talking <laughs> about myself and us rather than other people. So this is a weekly opportunity to do so. There will be plenty of dirt discussed. That's the whole point is still to continue the dirt talk, but it's a different format. So we're going to be having one of these episodes a week. This is the pilot episode. Maybe it airs. Maybe it doesn't. If you're listening to this. It aired, so (laughs) we'd welcome your feedback. And and then every when does this when would this drop? Every Monday. Yeah, I like Monday. Monday feels good. Okay, so every Monday from now on, we'll have one of these smaller episodes where it'll just be us. And then on Thursdays is when we will have traditional Dirt Talk episodes where we interview someone from the dirt world about heavy equipment, dirt related topics. I think that all feels really good, Aaron. It's a very niche podcast, so we're going to stick to it. It is. And what's great, you know, it's called Dirt Talk. Um, we're in our uh, 
new office space in Nashville in Germantown. Yep. And um, it's pretty appropriate that there's just tons of dirt on the floor in this place. It's yeah, it's a disaster. It's 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 a disaster. And is it on brand if we keep it dirt? There's are we gonna have like a dirt sandbox corner? That could be good. You know, I've been I've been considering it. We need to have some dirt element to the office, like a really large um, Zen garden. So I'm I'm an oxymoron because I love dirt, but I also love everything to be super clean. <laughs> I'm extremely, extremely uh, just involved in the cleanliness of my home and things. And that's where the uh, cleaning your dirt or your uh, cleaning your boots on the escalator came from. Got to be clean. Yes, got to be clean. And I don't want to be that guy tracking mud through people's offices. But then, but then at the same time, I love dirt. And then, you know, the whole clean pickup truck thing. Okay, great. Clean pickup trucks. But I also, I prefer pickup truck to be totally trashed and dirty looking on the outside. Because then it looks like a truck. Mm -hmm. The inside, I like it clean. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the perfectly clean pickup truck. I think that's that's a good vibe because I've I've seen well I think Nashville is an interesting place for that because here the pickup truck is kind of like a luxury vehicle. It's a status thing, yeah. You know, and so yeah. if I see an outdoorsy, real rugged type car that looks like someone wipes it down with a diaper, I just don't. I, I don't know. Well, you kind of judge that person. Well, I just know a lot about them based on just that one fact. Yeah. Oh, I I definitely judge them. I saw a dirty G wagon the other day, Mercedes. Respect. I felt really good about it because I'm like, you get that this was expensive because you mm -hmm. bought it, but you're not precious about it. Yes. I think that was important. Yes. I used to baby my trucks, but then sure. it's like, they're a truck. They're used. They're, they're there to beat the shit out of mm -hmm. because that's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. Um. So that is, uh, that's what we're going to be doing here today. And there's really no uh, agenda. This is very off the cuff. We are just going to make it up as we go. I think that feels good. We've never done this before. <laughs> and so, And if you can't tell, we really haven't done this before. No, 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 no. And we have no idea what we're doing. Well, Alex <laughs> actually, I mean, he's he actually knows what he's doing from an audio perspective. I don't. I'm just the idiot that talks. Um, so to, to, to get into it, we wanted to touch first on what's going on in BuildWit. And, and this is also to touch on the questions we get. The number one question we get, number one, is what the hell do you guys do? Because they come across me on the internet. I just explained this in the past Q&A episode. And they see all these cool dirt pictures. Wow, that's a cool truck. Wow, that's a cool excavator. Wow, that's a, wow, that's, this is really, really something. What, what the hell does this guy even do? Which is a very valid question because mm -hmm. I do a very poor job explaining it. Well, there was also some value in under the radar. A lot of value. A lot of value. Yes. But this company's no longer kid with a camera. No. And that's so that was the first few years is just kind of fly under the radar. Mm -hmm. And I, it, there's advantages to that. You don't want really, you don't want people knowing what you're up to because then when you pop out of the bushes, they're like, oh, holy shit. Whoa. I didn't even know you were there. Um, but now it's content on your camera. Yesterday. Well, that had like some other moving pieces, right? That wasn't just like, got to go get content with the content team. Y y yes. Oh, it was that? No, 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 it wasn't. Okay, it, was, okay. it was just kind of a fun thing. Yeah. 
um, for, for read contracting. Um, I go out next week, so I'm still doing a little bit of it. Okay. Not as much. Mm-hmm. I am transitioning to doing none of the actual content work that we have to do. I'm still going to be traveling, but more so for the sake of curiosity and exploring the industry rather than documenting a com- particular company and partner, which is what our content team is dedicated to now. I think that makes sense, right? Um, it, I would imagine it's hard to go visit one of our partners and say, hey, I'm glad we're spending this time together. Hey, actually, I need to leave because I also have to go shoot 10,000 pictures the next two days. Exactly. And I just think it'd be hard to like truly care for anybody that way or build any real relationship. And that's the problem. It's hard. It, it's really hard to spend time with people, to get to know people when you also are there to do a job. But it's fun to do the job at the same time. So it's a little bittersweet to be giving it up. But at the same time, that's where we need to go. Mm-hmm. So to answer the original question, the primary business is a dirt world marketing business. We do any kind of marketing, digital media. We're rebranding right now, so we don't really even know what we are technically, but digital media for construction and mining companies. Mm -hmm. So that's web, that's videos, photos, SEO, branding, any visual, verbal identity of a business in the dirt world is us. So we work with about 20, 25 businesses Mm -hmm. around the United States covering about a little over half the country. Many of them work in multiple states. And we help them market themselves better to attract that next generation and to win them more work. Yeah. So that's it in a nutshell. I mean, it's it's starting to become a little bit more elaborate than that. Well, yeah, we've got like an email chain that people can just jump in on and be like, hey, I've got this idea for BuildWit as a company. Yeah. Which I, th- I think is a good thing. Yes. We, yes. I feel like we're growing in and we're in like the hungry stage of like, we got to, you know, we're excitedly pushing towards this like next part, but also we're able to take care of our, our families and um, do really cool stuff without risk of, you know, anything bad happening tomorrow. Yes. In theory. Well, in theory, but yeah, yeah. I can get yeah. fired from any job. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's risk in anything. And there's, you know, if you don't take risk, there's not much of a reward there mm-hmm. either. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's pretty cool to see everyone so engaged and you've, you've been here for a year now mm-hmm. and you came on, I mean, there were not many of us when you came on. It was like, there may be like eight. I th- okay. So ish, I, when like I that. started talking to Dan and it was like a, I saw his, he put something on LinkedIn and it was kind of a, I'm just going to reach out and tell him my story. Big, you know, big deal. If he's like, thanks, no thanks. Um, and Chase on the phone. I talked to Dan first. I talked to Chase on the phone. I talked to you on the phone, and I talked to Chell. I did not talk to Angel, but I think that was it. Yeah, Angel's not much of a talker. No. Yeah. There were going to be a lot. Wasn't going to be a lot to get. Um, and so I think that we ended up hiring two people, maybe between that time and when I came on. Yeah. So, I mean, it was but pretty it was, early though. It was below, we were below 10 and now we're, I was just looking at the full chi- full-time channel because that's how I have to figure out how many people we have now. Mm-hmm. And the number is 28. I, look, I did that exact same thing yesterday. It says 28. It's not, it's not nothing. No, no. 
made up from it was less than 10 this time last mm-hmm. year when we when you came on you've been with us about a year now and I, I think i told somebody um early on there was mention just how we were gonna be growing not we're not meaning to grow aggressively but it's sort of like we're seeing opportunities to um, kind of fill in gaps for different partners and with that comes the pressures of we need more people to fulfill this work and i i think there was a number like we're gonna be at 25 by the end of 2020 and i think i told somebody to that and they asked me what like number employee i was and i think i was like six and they thought it was just so strange it's like well how do you how do you get there and i don't really recall there ever being like a waterfall of people last year but no. all of a sudden we're like oh i'm having to have two two screens to see all the people on my video call yeah well it, it, yeah it's been really natural and a, and a lot of oh shit moments because mm-hmm. it's like oh shit we really need someone to help us with this oh geez like we just need to go find somebody and then there they they appear and then you just go to the next oh shit moment and there's sort of like a rhythm in that I feel like you know where you say um, yeah we could we can do that work and then you you get to it you try to get to it before you, the breaking point when you say okay for us to do this again we're gonna have to have these people in place also. But you also don't know that when you start, you know, it's like, no, well, like we're, we're all, you know, killing it out there, just trying to do our, our best work, trying really hard, um, you know, putting in, in the effort to do great work. And sometimes like that's just not enough in terms of volume. And that's the thing is we have found the breaking point many times yeah. over. And I've gotten I, good at that part. We've gotten very good at that. But that's the point is if we're, we're trying to do something and push the limits and boundaries, we're going to break stuff. And it's just, hopefully nothing's catastrophically mm. broken. And we've been trying to avoid anything catastrophic. But at the same time, it's it's gotten a little a little ugly at times. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the excitement of it at the same time. It's weird. Yeah, it, it, there is like the whole, um, I don't know, we've talked a lot about um, assume like positive intent. And I think that's like one of the great parts of the way we've grown or when it's got hard, it, there's never a question of like, you know, because my job has started to feel like maybe over ten or untenable this week or this day, it's not like this person's trying to screw me or pushing stuff off to me for my like detriment. No. It's like we're all just like trying really, really hard to do a good job. Yeah. That's all anybody's trying to do in this company. That's it. Yeah. And and so that's uh that's what's going on right now is we 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 early this year we got a little bit of uh, capital to help us help us grow, which has been a, a big blessing. Last week, I think we've in the past week we've hired six people, which is terrifying and a, and a record for us six full time. Um, so that's what's going on in Build It right now. We're just growing like mad, trying to catch up, trying to not break stuff, and then um, start these new companies as well, which will be recruiting, consulting and um, the online platform. Mm-hmm. What could go wrong? Chase mentioned we should start BuildWit Food. Um, uh-huh. He didn't have a lot of details. He said there's a future in BuildWit Food. Well, that is one of my life goals, is to have my own coffee shop. If you haven't noticed, I, yeah. I frequent coffee shops. Sure. And I'm very particular. And I found How do you some, drink your coffee? Uh, lattes. Okay. With oat milk. I don't, I sure. don't do the... I just don't like milk anymore. It's kind of... Kind of just grossed me out, um, and I'm I'm bougie. I'm okay with that. Uh, but I want to go create my own 
coffee shop one day. That's sure. absolutely perfect for me. For you? Yes. It's like, why do you only serve one drink? It's for Aaron. And hopefully other people find it appealing. Yeah. And if not, then, oh, well. Well, it would not be the first, like, restaurant bar that had that goal in mind. It was to, like, plenty of people start businesses, like, I want to start something that I think is awesome. Well, that's what I did. And eventually people get into it or they don't. That's BuildWit in yeah. a nutshell. I didn't start it to do anything but, you know, hey, I think this is kind of cool and I'm going to do more of this. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, so we'll, I guess we'll keep updating people with BuildWit happenings as we go through this gauntlet. It'll be interesting onboarding so many people at once. We've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Or any real like structured onboarding in general? No structure, no None of that, mm-hmm. which is one of the problems we need to solve. And, and I, that's the funny thing about growing, because as you grow, you solve problems, and then stuff that you'd never thought would be a problem six months ago becomes a huge problem. So like six months ago, I would have never even thought about onboarding. Now I'm like, that's important. Holy now. shit. We, it's really, really important. And that oftentimes make or, makes her brain into the business. So we need to become better at this, but it's just something I'd never even thought about. I'll say this. I have had a job where on the first day I went to the office and there was no one there and no one gave me a key to get in. Nice. So in terms of my experience here, yeah, it's, it's been smooth sailing. Well, the bar was low in <laughs> fairness. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully we become better at that <clears throat> and we're sitting in the office mm-hmm. again that's unfinished once this is done hopefully people will be able to get into it mm-hmm. our only furniture is a foldable uh, plastic table yep plastic table Gotta plastic chairs metal metal chairs with a little bit of fabric on mm-hmm. them because i went high end but that's it two plastic plants this is the studio i feel good about it the but the new studio mm-hmm. right uh, just outside of the doors will be our bar and it will be smart. It'll be it's like a side, like it's like probably like a ten foot bar. Like it's no joke. It's no joke. I mean, it's and it's gonna be stocked. And so for the podcast episodes, you know, someone rolls by the rolls by the office, does a podcast, just grab some brewskis from the from the fridge, mm-hmm. sit there, have some beers, podcast. And if they don't have beers, we'll have coffee. And if they don't have coffee. We'll give them a damn nice glass of water yeah. with maybe a little lemon wedge. It's thoughtful. It's considerate. Yeah. And we'll just be able to chill out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and some of the best podcasts have something of that attitude about them. Um, you know, Joe Rogan's has a little bit more um, weed. <laughs> that's more one of the more mild choices on that show. It, I feel it, like. it, it is, yes. Um, but, you know, it's like, I think the stocked bar, the like grabbing a beer, I don't know. I think that sets like the, the, the right tone for both the company and um, the podcast. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not Slam. like I am 20 bush lights on a weekend. No, that's not my thing. I like to just have a beer and just talk with people is really my, yeah. my cup of tea. Uh, but you know, we, we probably will have bush lights because we do work with contractors <laughs> It's just uh, industrial or industry appropriate. Yeah, and that's what we're, that's what we're going for. Mm-hmm. So build with happenings. Um, travel wise, what do we got for travel? The 
content team was with Sargent Corporation up in Maine this week. I saw they had both snow and absolute slushy muck, just disgusting looking mud after everything uh, softened up on them. I went to Reed Contracting yesterday, visited their quarry, asphalt plants, sand plant. That's all like outside of Huntsville? Around Huntsville. Huntsville. Yeah. The Hollywoods, uh, the, the quarry is out in Hollywood, Alabama. Oh, yeah. Which is, that is good living out There's there. There's some good uh, small town names in Alabama. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Alabama is one of the most underrated states I've ever been to, in my opinion. I love the South. There was a point in my life where my South. mom would say, Alabama is just in between me and the beach. Yes. Because we you know, grew up in Ohio. And that was just like a very long state to drive through before you're in Florida. Yes. And then um, my wife is from uh, West Alabama. And all of a sudden, I was like spending a lot of time in Alabama. I see the value. I'm into it. And Alabama has nice beaches, too. They They don't have very much. Um, Just a little like pinky at the end. Yeah. yeah, Florida took all their beaches, Mm -hmm. which was clever on Florida's part. Yeah. For, for the sake of tourism, nice, well done there, Florida. But they still took a little bit of the Gulf Coast for themselves. Um, so, yeah, I was, at, I was with Reed. And then next week, we are going to J.W. Fowler. They're a underground utility contractor, trenchless, tunneling, all sorts of cool, gnarly projects based out of Dallas, Oregon. Not Dallas, Texas. An important distinction. Yes. A little <laughs> bit different. Dallas, Oregon. And so we are going to Portland for one and a half days and then up to Seattle for one and a half days. And then the three amigos go to CWW Clyde in Utah after that. And I stay in Seattle and visit Rhino Construction, where I'm going to hopefully do a podcast in person with Jason Wood of Rhino Construction. How to be a good one. I've been wanting to get Jason on for ever since I started this podcast because his story is so ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy got a start when he was 16, emancipated from his parents, went to become a logger, and that was it. And, and just started traveling around the country trying to make money wherever he could and started a construction company and... Mm -hmm. Here he is with Rhino Construction. And then he's like, he's like a, and he's even joked about this himself. He's like a cockroach. Like so many people have tried to kill that guy. Yeah. And he just keeps, he just keeps on going. I remember I read like a, a, his summary of like his, his story. And there are multiple points in it where I was like, ah, that's the end. Oh, nope. He's back. He's oh, got another oh. idea. He's well, and like some bad stuff's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just, it just keeps on going. So that'll be a great one. Um, that's what we got for travel. Um, I'll be summarizing that at some point. Good deal. We'll figure that one out. Um, all right. What do we have for questions? Yeah. All right. First question is from Josh Astbury. He says, do you have any information on family business succession plans? Unbelievable. Well, that's the fire that's the alarm. fire alarm. But it wasn't us. No. Okay, we'll, we'll stop it. So there's a... Well, but hold okay. on. Yep. There's, there's a kitchen below us because we share this building with three restaurants. We're mm-hmm. the only office and then there's three restaurants. 
So we just found out that if the kitchen burns something and sets the fire alarm off, it also gets set off in our office. I hope that's what it is. Okay, well, we can stop recording, and then uh, we'll see what happens here. Go to five. And we're back. (laughs) Never a dull moment. No, that was... I'm glad that happened on the first episode. Yeah. Now we're going to have to air this. (laughs) No choice. All right. We have have two questions. And this is... Before we get into it, this is from the... The new email we set up for the podcast, dirttalk at buildwit.com. I've been teasing it on episodes saying if you have any questions or comments or feedback or anything like that, listener mail, send it to the email dirttalk at buildwit.com. This is like our listener mail segment where we answer your questions. And are you going to get very good answers? Absolutely not. But we will do our best to answer them nonetheless. You sold me. I'm in. That's what I'm here for. All right. So uh, first question from Josh Astbury. Do you have any information on family business succession plans and excavation specifically? Good examples, bad examples, things you've heard, or even good resources for helping those trying to pass a company to the next generation? Um, as far as good resource, let's, I mean, succession plan. So, so there's, there's a few options when passing a business down, when the, when the guy or whoever started the company gets to a certain age, you can't live forever. And the business, there's something has to be done with the business. So there's a few options. You can either just liquidate the business and go put all your equipment at auction, say, Hey, everybody, we're done here. Good luck finding new jobs, which I have seen happen quite a bit. Um, there was a big auction out in California, Ralph Mitzel. All of his beautiful old scrapers went to auction because that's kind of what happened there is, you know, hey, we're just going to pack up shop here and, and call our quits. It's a bummer to see, but it's, it's happening quite a bit. So that's one option. Uh, two, you can go employee ownership route, go the ESOP plan and give the company to the employees, which is what a partner like Midwest Mole of ours has done or a Sargent Corporation has done. They're 100% employee owned. So everyone at the company becomes an owner of the company, which is pretty neat. Is there somebody out there? It's the fire department bus in here. We're recording a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, sorry. We're recording a podcast. (laughs) We couldn't stop. Um, Or you you pass it down to the next generation, whether that's your offspring, whether that's someone else at the company that you know has essentially acted like your son or daughter or whomever. If you don't have kids, your kids don't have anything to do with the business. So that we're talking about the third option here, passing it down to the next generation. Now we have quite a few businesses that we work with that are multi generational. Um, The one that comes to mind first is Gelati Brothers in the Bay Area. They're getting ready to pass down to the fourth generation. So Mike Gelati is third generation and passing it down to Mario and Gino Gelati, which is really, really cool. The advice I based on based on other mm-hmm. stuff I've seen is like from a from a parent side and from a both from a parent and a kid's side, make sure both parties actually is excited about it and wants it not everyone loves construction 
and you need to love this industry to make it. So if you're passing it to your kids that don't necessarily want to do it, but feel like they need to, which I've seen happen a lot, that could potentially be a recipe for disaster. So I think there needs to be some really honest introspection there from both sides of the table. You know, me as a, a parent, does my child really want this and are they the best fit for this? And then the child, is this really what... Damn it. Maybe this is a sign that we should just stop the podcast. I, or it's this one is, of those things where we have to soldier through and that's the lesson we learn. Well, what, what if there's an actual emergency? Yeah. It's, well, okay, we need to figure that out. Okay. Okay, so... We're going to try this one more time. And if the fire alarm goes off again, we're just going to call it quits and take that as a sign that we need to wrap this damn thing up. Fire department is here. The restaurant downstairs, the fire alarm fell off the wall. They tried to put it back, set the whole thing off. Fire department's here. And we're just up here trying to record a damn podcast. That's all we're doing. That's it. That's so much to ask. So at least we know the fire alarm works, which is great news. Uh, we were talking about succession planning. So like I was saying, make sure both parties actually want it to be happening. Two, the biggest thing I've seen, and this is based off my very limited experience, is the next generation needs to have substantial experience and well-rounded experience across the entire business. So at a construction business, the most successful transitions I've seen is when the next generation has played... Is that another fire truck? It's a fire truck. A little overzealous. That's, a, I think, a third fire truck. Um, it's, it's when, 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 a, when a, the next generation has played a significant role in as many roles within the business as possible. So at a construction company, they've done estimating. They've done project management. They've been a laborer. They've been an operator. They've been a, a foreman. They've been across the entire business, and they have earned it. That's a big, big factor there is earning it. So those are the two things I have personally seen when it's going from one generation to the next, make sure they want it and make sure the next generation earns it. And if you are that next generation, make sure you earn it. Don't approach it with any sense of entitlement because if you do, that is a recipe for disaster as I have seen it. And that, that next generation too... I have seen problems where that next generation hands it over, but also refuses to let the, let the younger generation run the show. So they're technically not a part of the business anymore, and yet they're still the ones making the decisions. And that is another recipe for disaster. There's a lot of resentment that builds there. I hear that. It's really frustrating. Doesn't always work. No. No. And, and, and just... just, just getting out of the way of people in general. Like if you bring someone in to do something, there's a, comes a certain point where you need to let them do it without you interfering. Even if they're doing it wrong, you just have to let them make their own mistakes. So that's, that's what I would, I would say about succession planning. Um, if, if you are in that position, I would seek out other businesses that have been handed off successfully to, from generation to generation. A great example of that in our business is the cat dealer network. They all have very robust succession plans and protocols for succession planning. Most of them are multi-generational. 
I know like we Thompson, I think is fourth gen, fourth generation as well. And I think it's D Thompson that runs the show over there now. So I would seek out a generational business, get a hold of them and meet with them about how they did it because you'll be able to find some really interesting insight there as well. So that's question number one. Question number one. I don't know if that was actually worth anything. I think I thought it felt good, Aaron. Okay. I was interrupted by a fire alarm twice. So fire alarm did not want you to answer that question. No. Um, okay. Question number two. This is from Trevor Eller. I work for a small commercial and industrial concrete company, and we are looking for a new large bobcat. Please tell me about the different things on the market and what features I am not thinking about. Currently looking at a Cat 299 or a Deer 333G. Um, well, Trevor, you have asked the wrong question the wrong show because I don't know shit about the technical aspects of, of equipment, really, believe it or not. <laughs> I uh, We ordered a, a Cat 259. I've talked about it a bunch. I can't wait for it to get here. We went smaller, but you're talking about the big boys. Based on equipment, it's all pretty similar um, across the board based on how people buy. It's really all about dealer support and the relationship you have with your dealer. So if you have, if there's a lot of good things to be said about the cat dealer in your neighborhood, I would definitely consider the cat. If there is a great dealer presence for deer in your neighborhood, then I think that would be very worthwhile as well. So I would definitely base it off of what dealer is strongest if they're both the same i would then just try them both out and base it off personal preference and there's the other factor which is resale value the cat is going to sell for more than the deer it will hold its value but then the purchase price is higher so i think those are the three factors is preference resale value and surface in, in, in the ability to get the thing serviced. But I've heard great things about both deer skid steers and cat skid steers. And I've... Have I ever run a John Deere? I don't think I've ever even run a John Deere skid steer. So I can't speak from experience here. Okay. And that's what I got. Feel good about it. So we put out, we put out a call for questions on the new Dirt Talk at BuildWit dot com email and we got two questions very successful mm -hmm. for this first go around very successful they poured in immediately after we posted about it the first time and i thought that was just going to be my life was getting questions and well, now i don't know be careful what you wish for <laughs> and we got we got two questions from 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 two of our five listeners so that's 40 percent. we've got at least three more questions coming at least three i think so <laughs> Yes, unless unless they're listening multiple times over, mm -hmm. confusing us, or confusing us to think that we have uh, more listeners than we actually do. Um, do we need to go over anything else today? Do we want to try anything else? Shoot the shit about anything else? Maybe like just lob a big softball to this week's guest. I've been told uh, get more operators on the podcast. So this week. I got an operator on the podcast. And this guy, he's actually been recommended by quite a few people. Mr. Ryan Chrisman, Mr. Beefy Blade Hand on Instagram, the motor grader operator extraordinaire out of Nebraska, the, the, the heart of the United States, 
I don't think it's really the. Is there a is there a nickname for Nebraska? The Cornhusker State. Yeah. I don't know what Nebraska is. My dad's from Nebraska. Really? Yeah. Yep. I don't know anyone from Nebraska. <laughs> They're very nice people. See, I've seen a handful of stickers in Nashville on cars for Cornhuskers. For the Cornhuskers, but it's a religion. That's out about there. as much as I know. It's a religion. It's. I mean, those people. Wow. Die hard. Well, I think that our very own Kate is a Cornhusker gal. I don't know if she went there, but... You might have just said something very false because I know she's from Kansas. But I swear I've seen... And there's problems there. I swear I've seen her with like a Cornhusker like tattoo on her cheek or something at a tailgate or something on on a social media. We will research that and we'll get back to everybody. And if I bust her, I'm very sorry, Kate. Yeah, you might have just screwed up. Let's hope you didn't. (laughs) Um, so yes, Ryan Chrisman, beefy blade hand on Instagram. If you don't follow him, check him out, see his videos of him doing ridiculous blade stuff, because it's a lot of fun seeing what, what he can do with, with one of those machines. He's a big deer guy. So we get into that. We get into how we got into the industry. We get into the next generation, all sorts of fun stuff. So that is what's coming up on Dirt Talk episode 57. Now our now our episode numbers are going to be all messed up because of this podcast. Uh, but I don't know that we should count these as numbers. Well, this is a podcast. It is, but I think it can be like 56.5. Whoa. Whoa. Because it's, this is not like the dirt talk. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. You know, that's that's why we brought you on for that kind of thinking. You know, that is the innovation we need around here. Here's the thing. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if people see the point five episodes, they'll know that "Ah, that's not really the one I want to listen to. I want the I want the whole. Maybe that's that's a negative vibe. Sure. They're not going to want to listen to us. Okay. Because they already don't listen to the main show. That's true. They're not listening to either, either one trick trick you know so we'll just see we'll see what feels good you know on this on this podcast too we could we could collect the messages we get the positive messages mm. and 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 read them aloud yeah i like that because we do we do get some very very kind feedback i joke all the time we i think we're up to like we're around a quarter million downloads for this show which is mind boggling considering we just talk about dirt and I've just been doing it with a $500 little setup in my house and just calling people on my phone and just giving her hell. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, the pieces are coming together. I think our setup's actually cheaper than that today. But it looks more legit. It looks more legit. Yes. And, and well, I'm, I guess I'm using my computer, which is certainly more than that. No, so. it's way more legit. And we're adding production value to it but mm-hmm. i don't want people to panic and thinking there's going to be some major changes here because there's not i still want the same old nonsense that we've been going with mm-hmm. for the past year now it's worked out great for us and we just want to double down on that nonsense yeah i think that's the vibe we're going for when it, when aaron has sent me some of these some of this audio to edit prepping for a podcast he's like don't cut out any of the mistakes i'm like okay you got it yeah. He wants to leave it in when he has to go to the bathroom. He says, leave it in when I say I got to go. 
Well, it, I'm human. I make stupid mistakes. I say stupid stuff. I want people to know that. I don't want to be one of those perfect people. Yeah. Because those perfect people are lying. Unless they're perfect. <laughs> they're lying. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're actually perfect, like a Tom Hanks. But other than Bless that, him. you're not going to get all that close. So, uh, okay. Well, I think we can wrap up here. Yeah. Um, this was fun, Aaron. We'll, we'll do another one soon. Well, we'll do another one. Next this week. works out next week. Yeah. 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 And then whenever you're on the road, um, I'll just do even more of the heavy lifting. Yeah, Literally. You'll, you'll just do carrying it. Carrying the, the big crate of gear in. Well, you'll just have two microphones. You'll play my part and yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, as we've said multiple times on this podcast, questions, comments, anything Dirt Talk related, please direct your messages to Dirt Talk at um. Please keep sharing the podcast. Even with all these changes, there will be no advertising. We do not want to be doing advertising. I'm not going to be peddling boots and safety products and all the other bullshit that people reach out to me about. We're not going to do any of that. We're just going to keep it as pure as possible. But to do that, to be able to do that, to have that freedom, we need your help and we need you sharing it as much as possible. So with that, we will see you on the next episode of Dirt Talk. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.